Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. This is show number 35, released on November 28, 2007. My name is Steve Eunice, and joining me is Neil Bailey. Hi, Neil. Uh, had did you have a good Thanksgiving? Hey! Yeah, actually, I ended up eating a, uh, it was kind of pathetic, a thin-sliced turkey sandwich, and that's it, because uh, my family was away on vacation, and I've been very, very busy on my stupid house, but uh, that's cool. It's an investment, so I don't know. Do Australians do some kind of organized feast? Uh, no Thanksgiving uh, here. It's uh, it's a North American holiday, but uh, I don't believe it's celebrated anywhere else in the world. So yeah, no no uh, no Thanksgiving in Australia. Yeah, uh, I figured. My, my buddy Will is, I think, telling me that they do something in Canada for a different holiday. But okay. I, I don't know. I figured to ask. So yeah. what's all, what's on the docket today? Well, it's plenty to talk about uh, for this show. We'll start with the Superman comic books. Uh, now that the third Kryptonian story is over. Uh, what did you make of it? Uh, I know you've had a love-hate relationship with Kurt Busiek in recent months. Well, you know, Busiek aside, I've always been pretty good at being able to divorce myself between creators and the stories they tell pretty well. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, notably of late, like when Jeff Johns, who I revere very much, uh, got got a pretty pretty good panning with the Bizarro World story. But yeah. anyway, the, back to the third Kryptonian. Yeah, like, like my reviews indicated, I felt very strongly that in order to re- introduce a new supporting Kryptonian, there should really be a strong rationale and a long-term plan, and I don't really see that very much. And I also didn't like uh, Kandor's sudden change and then destruction and then creating a character just to have her kind of disappear. It was odd. Yeah, I'm not personally a big fan of having too many other Kryptonians around other than Supergirl, but... Uh I didn't really like the way Krypton was portrayed, and with the reputation Kryptonians built for themselves all over the galaxy, you'd think such a backstory would have uh, impacted on Superman before now, but uh, it just seems odd, as you put it. Yeah, and with me, you know, the whole idea of having a space fleet or an empire, and then suddenly you have it disappear in one generation to the point where Superman is kind of a last-ditch desperate rescue, it didn't didn't fly very well with me at all. It was weird. Yeah, it's not uh, really clear what went on uh, there or how old Caster really is. Um, I don't think we've seen the last of Caster and it's, uh, it looks like we'll definitely be getting a, a search for Candor story in the near future, so uh, it's interesting. But uh, on the flip side, we've got the new Legion of Superheroes story with Superman flying to the 30, to 3008, uh, where people believe he was from Earth and that Krypton never existed and that Superman was anti-alien. Uh, what do you make of Jeff John's new story arc so far? Uh, it seems to suffer from, coincidentally, the same flaw, the uh, whole less-than-one-generation changing the mindset of an entire planet. But the uh, the writing was solid, strong, and the new art is incredible, whereas uh, music's writing and art kind of feels like, to me, the, a little bit of the worst of the early 90s, you know, like a little bit kind of cartoonish. Yeah, uh, it is 1,000 years in the future, so it's more than one generation. Uh, but I'm intrigued. It's an interesting premise. Uh Kryptonite is important for a whole different reason in, in this story. It's actually being used as a device to save Superman and confirm that Krypton existed. Oh, yeah. No, no that's not what I meant. I didn't mean the Legion, like, like a, one generation from now is 3008. I meant the uh, I meant the shift with being okay with Superman being an alien, you know, oh, in the okay. future, and then and then total xenophobia. But nice. but I, I think it only takes a place in a few months in that book or something, right? Um... Yeah, it's uh not sure when the xenophobia stuff began. It's uh it's apparently something that started to filtrate through society over a period of time with uh, Earthman starting the rumor, I believe, but uh with Superman being such a popular popular figure, uh, it wouldn't be hard for people to suddenly believe one thing if they if they thought he did. 
Yeah, yeah. Either way, that was a kind of a point of confusion with me. But as as you can see by the review, I did enjoy the book quite a bit, despite not being an avid fan of the Legion. Mm. The uh, the Batcave scene was really neat, as was the new arc from Frank, which I'm really enjoying. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move from something you're enjoying to something you're not enjoying. Countdown uh, has the inclusion of Super uh, Superman Prime made things any better for you? Nope, nope, not for me. Uh, Superboy, Superman, you know, even though I like the character, but uh, the countdown is still being written rather incoherently, despite the addition of Keith Giffen, who I got a lot of respect for. It just kind of went off from the last one because the essential premise of the thing is that Superman Prime can beat Mr. Mix's Piddlick up, which is ridiculous in its own right that any Superman character could beat up a magical character. Yeah. And then he proceeds to torture Mixie until he vomits. He stabs him in the chest. He sears his face with, face with heat vision and smashes him all over the place. The only thing he didn't do was rip off his arm, you know, which he's already <laughs> done like 40 times. But, you know, it's good, wholesome family fun seeing a, a, a pathetic old man tortured nearly to death who's, you know, typically friendly to Superman. But uh, but Superboy Prime's rationale, even, is ridiculous. He's going to go to Mixie, of all the people in the DCU, to find his perfect Earth. It says he can fly between worlds in the same comic. I mean, there are only 52. It'd take, what, half a day if he did it slowly? Yeah, yeah, I see your point. Uh, I'm a Mixie fan, so I didn't much like the way he was portrayed in issue 23 of Countdown. Um Prime is an interesting character, but uh, Countdown as a whole seems to be a juggling act with too many balls being dropped. Uh, it doesn't seem to be much flow to it at all. Yeah, and, and then you've got... It suddenly shifted to this one narrative, which is, you know, a, a good step towards trying to make the storyline more exciting on a regular basis, but then they focus on one narrative that is ridiculous, and it hasn't really helped the incoherency problems or the hack plots, you know? It's like stuff like... like like Mary Marvel just suddenly becoming evil or Mixie being tortured nearly to death, you know, mm. with, with no relevance to the overarching theme. Yeah. Okay, before we leave our comic book discussion behind, I just wanted to touch on Supergirl in comics. Uh, do you have any idea why we've been uh, we've seen such a mismanagement of her appearances in the DCU? I mean, she's joined the Teen Titans a couple of months ago in, the, in the, that comic book before actually leaving the 31st century in the Legion of Superheroes comic book. Uh, do you think Supergirl fans have been messed around a little bit trying to work out where she's at in which book? You know, I, I, I don't know. I think fans can generally roll with the changes, but I think the inconsistency of her character is pretty rife and, mm. and the biggest problem. I think that if they would give her a consistent character, the continuity gaps wouldn't be so big of a deal. You know, like, like people don't tend to mind that Superboy Prime has had this big change because uh, the character development in the Green Sinister Corps is so strong. But, I mean, I stopped reading Supergirl for that very reason a couple of months back, unlike, uh, unlike Matrix, who had a controversial history, but at least her history was consistent, and she followed arcs and kind of developed, and this Supergirl is just random. Yeah. Okay, speaking of Supergirl, uh, Kara in Smallville, you think she's been a good addition to the TV series? I, I think they're trying more than they usually do, especially with regards to the mythos. And when she's consistent, it's kind of neat. Um, that uh, Laura's acting has improved, but I'm, I'm kind of wondering if I'll ever see in any medium a Supergirl who's actually a normal, civil human being and not just some emotionally crippled person with the powers who acts out. It's kind of, you know, I, I wouldn't say misogynistic, but it's also, it's not really very fair that there's no real strong Superman that is a girl, um, if that's... Yeah, I know. Way, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Smallville in the US is on a bit of a break at the moment, uh, probably due to the writer's strike, but uh, the next new episode titled Gemini will air on December 13th. 
with a long break after it. Uh, the next new episode after Gemini won't air in the US until January 31st, 2008. Uh, we'll just get repeat episodes during those weeks. And we'll keep you up on the uh, writer's strike, guys. There's, there's no real news as of this broadcast. No, that's right. Uh, all right, well, speaking of the writer's strike, uh, apparently the reason we've not heard any official casting news in regards to the Justice League movie is because Warner Brothers don't have a finalised shooting script at this point, and with options soon to expire on the auditioned actors, Warner Brothers are unable to make any official announcement until things are resolved. But we've heard rumours about who has been cast, pending the announcement, with uh, the interesting one being DJ Katrona reportedly winning the role of Superman. Yeah, I haven't even seen a picture yet, so I, I, I don't want to commentate, but I, I, I want to see it moving first myself. Yeah, well, personally, from the pictures I've seen of him, uh, he wouldn't be my choice for Superman, but uh, we'll keep everyone posted on any news as it happens, and there's uh, no current news regarding the Superman movie sequel at this point in time, but uh, the only news we do have to uh, to bring to you is the fact that Brandon Routh and his long go- longtime girlfriend, Courtney Ford, got married recently, so good luck to the newlyweds. Yeah, congrats, guys. Okay, on the DVD front, uh, I've been checking out the latest Super Friends, or as it's called, Super Powers Team Galactic Guardians DVD, and it's uh, finally great to see a Justice League cartoon from that era that is more in line with the comic book counterparts. Uh, If you found it hard to watch any of the earlier Super Friends DVDs, I promise you won't be disappointed with the Galactic Guardians DVD. Yeah, I know. I mean, I haven't had a chance to get mine yet, but I can't wait until I get a second. I loved them as a kid. I, I'm guessing it'll be a Christmas purchase. Cool. Um, another DVD, Justice League: The New Frontier, is getting closer. Uh, the February 2000, sorry, February 26, 2008 DVD release uh, will be preempted by the world premiere of one at uh, WonderCon, which is in San Francisco, uh, a few days earlier than the DVD release. Um, you're planning to be in San Francisco for the WonderCon? I really want to be. I'll have to see how the next few weeks go in terms of finance and time, but mm-hmm. I'm going to do my best. I'd love to be there. Yeah, well, uh, I think Jeffrey Taylor, known as Shakespeare on the website, will be there on behalf of the Superman homepage, and uh, hopefully Neil, and possibly Jeffrey Bridges as well, but we'll keep you posted as February gets closer. Uh, we do know that there'll be a special edition two-disc release, as well as a one-disc standard edition release, but we'll let you know what the two-disc uh, edition includes when Warner Brothers gives us the details. Okay, to finish off our chat, uh, you recently read and reviewed The Last Days of Krypton novel by Kevin J. Anderson. I'm actually halfway through it at the moment, but uh, I'm really impressed. It's a great read. Yeah, and it only tends to get better, actually. The, uh, the ending is probably my favourite part, when Zod grabs power and you got a lot of issues of fascism and good stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It, it, I've, I've seen it many times, the whole Zod rising, but this one's probably my favourite in most any medium. Cool. Well, I uh, went in expecting some drab Kryptonian history in the book, but it's actually quite enthralling and uh, a bit dramatic and hitting all the right marks. Uh, it's well worth picking up if you haven't read it. Yep. Well, let's move on uh, to the big question segment of the show. Let's start with the big question. Last month we asked uh, everyone who or what is Superman's greatest enemy or nemesis and we received a number of responses via email. So let's read out those before playing the answers we received during our Radio KAL live broadcast last week. 
Yeah, it was a really good one this month. But uh, anyway, to start off our email submissions, we got uh, B.L. Wooldridge who wrote, Hey guys, my favorite Superman villain has to be Brainiac, and more specifically the Brainiac of Superman the Animated Series. They took a somewhat contrived, uh, somewhat convoluted character from the comics and totally streamlined him by making him into the sentient supercomputer of Krypton that later reemerges as a robotic seeker of knowledge and ravager of worlds. Now, how cool is that? I just hope that this will be how Brainiac is portrayed in the movies and maybe someday how it will be in the comics. Thanks, guys, and keep up with the good work. Yeah, well, thank you, BL. Okay, Andrew Maitland, known as ARM, or A-R-M, on the website, wrote, Even though I recently found out that this villain existed back in the 60s and was not a new creation of Bruce Timm's Superman the Animated series, Darkseid is still who I feel is Superman's greatest foe. It would be nice to see a new villain someday added to the Superman mythos, but for right now, as it has been for me since the 1990s when Superman the Animated series and Lois and Clark New Adventures of Superman were shaping my ideas about Superman. Darkseid even beats out Lex Luthor in this category. Darkseid, to me, is the pinnacle of what a Superman villain should be. He is one of the few villains outside of Doomsday and possibly Metallo who can challenge Superman physic Superman's physical being, and he's also just as cunning as Lex Luthor. By that I mean that I would not want to play Darkseid in a game of chess. I would lose either way. If I lost, it would be because Darkseid just... Uh, more strategic than I am, and if I won, I'd be vaporized by an Amiga beam quicker than you can say boom tube. And who can forget that look? Unlike Charlie Brown, Darkseid really is a blockhead. It's just really cool to see him on screen. Not only does Darkseid just look evil when he's on screen, I just know that there's going to be a challenge that only one person can take up, and that's the Man of Steel in person. Yeah, very good one. Um, John wrote, I guess my favorite bad guy for Superman is Doomsday. It's not that he's killed Superman. It is, but it isn't. And it's not the reason I picked him. It's look for me... Uh, it's look for me... Ugh, sorry. It's for, for me, out of all the super baddies, he's the coolest. But there's Metallo too. But only if it looks like a Terminator without the skin and then Brainiac rounding out at number three. But Doomsday with jagged rocks coming out of the knees and elbows and also from Hunter Prey. We know an ancient Krypton before it was even livable. And once he killed, it can never be killed in the same way again. So votes to Doomsday for Superman's best supervillain. Very good. Uh, thanks, guys, for those big question submissions. Uh, here's what people had to say about this big question during our live Skype cast last week where we also touched on what might happen in regards to Smallville and the WGA strike. Ron, how you doing? Hey, Steve, how are you? Not too bad, thank you. Uh, thanks for joining the show. It's uh, a pleasure to talk to you. Nice to talk to you after all this time, too. Yeah, um, we uh, have the uh, the question, the big question this month, uh, in regards to uh, what, he, uh, who do you think, or what do you think is Superman's greatest nemesis? Do you have an opinion on that, Ron? Well, you know, I think the the pat answer would be to say Doomsday, but I think I I would probably not say that. I would probably say, oh gosh, Brainiac probably. I'm not sure if I put even Luther in that category right now. Mm -hmm. Looks like other people have joined. Yeah, we've got a few uh, extra people coming. Uh, our uh, fellow moderator at the Superman homepage, Stephen Wright, is with us now. Hi Stephen, how you doing? Hey Steve, how you doing? Good, good, very good. Uh, what do you think in regards to what uh, what is Superman's greatest nemesis, be it person, place, or thing? I personally think, I mean, it's kind of cliche, but I'd probably go with Lex Luthor. Mm -hmm. Just for the simple fact of it's the whole mind over muscle type of thing, and I've always believed that the only way you can really 
beat Superman or, or, or defeat him in any way is through intellect. Right. You've got to be able to outsmart him. You're not going to be able to do it physically. I mean, yeah, you can throw in Doomsday and maybe Darkseid to, to kick his butt, but, you know, more than often than not, it's going to be the, uh, the intellectual side that's going to be able to defeat him. Yeah, well, a lot of people seem to think that uh, Superman's greatest weakness is the fact that he cares for people and that uh, that can be used against him by his enemies or, you know, in fact can uh, thwart him in some way because of the fact that he's got to think of the people around him in any situation that he's in. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He, if you want to get to Superman, you got to get the people he cares about. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we've got uh, John Michael Johnson III with us uh, better known as John Johnson on the website. Welcome, John. Hi. Can you Uh, hear me? Yes, we can. Uh, Welcome to Radio KL Live. Uh, The big question this month is, uh, what do you think is Superman's greatest nemesis, be it person, place, or thing? What's your opinion on that subject? Uh, I really think it's got to be Lex Luthor. He's, um, especially as he's currently characterized, he has no actual power... He goes after Superman strategically. That makes him like the exact opposite. Yep. So um, I'd say that makes him the ultimate enemy. Plus, he's determined and he never goes away. Yeah. Because he sees Superman as an alien and himself as defending the Earth from him. Which is really sick, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But that's how he sees it. When he's portrayed that way, that really makes sense. Yeah. As a villain. Yeah, fantastic. Hey, Steve, I think that was me, Ron. Hi, Ron. Yep. Hello. Uh, you know, I, I actually, I think the point that was made a couple of minutes ago is probably is probably really his, his most significant weakness, and I, I would agree with it. The fact that, that he cares and has, a, a, uh, has that, that sense of morality all the time, that, can cer- that has certainly been used against him on many occasions. Yeah, definitely. Definitely agree with you 100%. Uh, okay, uh, we've got a guy by the name of Kal-El, and uh, his username is Clark-Kent3. Uh, are you there, Kal-El? Oh. Hello? Hello. How are you? Good, how are you? Great. Uh, so, I'm, I'm from uh, Algeria. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome. It's... Uh, <laughs> Nice to have someone from uh, the. Uh, you heard me. From all over, from from so far away. Uh, do you have an opinion on the uh, this, the question of regards to what do you think is Superman's greatest enemy? Exactly, I have uh, questions for uh, Smallville. Okay, you wanted to spoke, talk about Smallville. Well, we're actually uh, talking about uh, a different topic today, but uh, go ahead and and ask me your question. Okay, so I I um, have uh, questions for um, the uh, the writer the end of uh, the writer strike. Right. Okay. Well, we don't know when the the writer strike will uh, will uh, you know finish. Uh, we don't know. They're starting talks now, hoping to resolve the problem. But uh, all we do know in regards to Smallville is that they've written 15 episodes and uh, if the strike isn't uh, resolved soon then the 15th episode will be the final episode for season 7 and uh, which will be a cliffhanger episode 
and hopefully, uh, but uh, we hope that the, the writer strike will be resolved before then, so that we can get our full quota of 22 episodes for this season. Okay, so uh, we may have uh, season uh, eight, seven. Well, we're hoping so, uh, especially if uh, if this season is cut short then uh, we would be hoping for a Season 8 because we would not want to finish Season 7 on a cliffhanger with no Season 8. Yes. So I'm presuming that, yes, there will be a Season 8. And uh, in regards to whether Michael Rosenbaum, who plays Lex Luthor, and Kristen Krug, who plays Lana Lang, they've said in interviews that they would only be around for seven seasons. I'm imagining that... Uh, their contracts would uh, allow them to uh, finish off their stories for the beginning of Season 8, if indeed Season 7 finished with 15 episodes only. Okay. Does that answer your question? <laughs> so, you, you talk uh, for uh, the villains of Superman? Yes, which do you think is Superman's greatest villain? I think uh, for uh, Doomsday. Doomsday, okay. Yep, a lot of people uh, think about that, uh, especially in light of the Death of Superman story. Uh, many think Lex Luthor, but uh, many think it's not necessarily an actual person, that it's Superman's caring nature. So, it's uh, yeah, it's open to, to opinion. So, thanks, Kal-El, for your input on that subject. Okay, you're welcome. Uh, Neil Bailey's just joined us too, our, our uh, host, Neil. Hi, Neil. Hello, how you doing? Good, uh, glad you could finally get uh, get this thing going. What happened there? Yeah, uh, I think I had a technolo te technological glitch. I had to actually sign in with the new sign-in name at uh, Skype because it wasn't recognizing my old name for some reason, so I just signed in with the new thing. And uh, Yeah, my vote's with Chuck Austin. That's the worst villain, worst villain. <laughs> the writer Chuck Austin from a couple of years ago in the comic books. Uh, you think he's his greatest enemy, huh? No, I'm just I'm just being sarcastic. Um, <laughs> actually, I'll, I'll have to go with Lex, but that's 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 easy. But uh, that's that's you know, it's always been my favorite. So, yeah, what do you what is it that you think? What is it you like most about Lex Luthor? I think anybody who knows uh, you from the website knows that uh, you would die to write a Lex Luthor story. But what is it particularly about Lex that you think makes him Superman's greatest enemy? I think it's I think it's the liter literary quality of it. People always ask me when I go to these conventions and stuff like the one I just got back from. They're like, uh, what, "What what would you do if you were to write Superman?" And I'm like, uh, "Write his villain," you know. And that's what it is because everyone knows what Superman is and what he can do and how he's going to do it. And you know, they they know how he's going to react to most any situation except for really hot button issues that aren't covered for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, the way to challenge him is to give him a villain that's really compelling. And I thought Lex Luthor, particularly the Wolfman. Um, Luthor, and I'm taking to call it, calling it the Wolfman Luthor since Byrne called us knuckle draggers, but uh, <laughs> the reason I, I choose the uh, Wolfman Luthor is because of the fact that he actually had a lot of depth to him. He had a very good reason to hate Superman. He had L Lois Lane in his pocket, and he had the world on a string, and then here comes this guy who looks really good and has powers that were just kind of given to him, or at least that's how Lex would see it. And so he has all this motivation and all this intellectual capacity to tear Superman apart, and so he just continues trying to do it. Now, granted, if he's written that way, uh, you know, nine-tenths of the time he's just written, and it's a guy like, I will destroy you, Superman! But uh, <laughs> when he's not written that way, when he's written with a little bit of uh, tender, loving care, like in Up, Up, and Away, or in uh, 
some of the times when he was a businessman from 85 to, say, 97, or maybe even with the Neuron thing, then it gets really compelling. And I think that that's something that you could use to make a Dark Knight Return-style uh, literature story. Well, uh, some excellent thoughts there. I I do personally hope that you do get a chance one day to, to write a uh, Superman comic book, uh, because I think you really have the writing uh, capacity to, to do that. Um, okay, Thanks. well... We've uh, got Stephen Wright, uh, sorry, Jeffrey Taylor, who uh, is uh, known as Shakespeare on the uh, Superman homepage. He's uh, doing, typing a message to us, because not everybody has a microphone and not everybody has uh, the facility to talk to us here, so if you do want to get involved and you're listening to the show but you don't have a microphone installed, you can uh, type a message to us via Skype. Uh, and uh, I will uh, be able to uh, read it out online, as I'm about to do for Jeffrey Taylor, who says uh, he thinks that, obviously, Lex Luthor is the best villain, uh, but he'll play devil's advocate and say his greatest enemy is Superman himself. Uh, He says that Superman refuses to kill, which I love about him, but it still keeps him from making any serious progress in permanently stopping villains. The bad guy always gets out of jail and comes back to haunt him all over again, and perhaps perhaps kill more innocent people. So uh, yeah, some interesting uh, insights from Jeffrey Taylor on on that subject. Steve, it's Steve. Yes, Stephen Wright. Uh, just just real quick for the Smallville question. Yep. I remember reading a little. Uh, I remember reading a little bit ago that uh, I think I think Al maybe it have been on the site that they said that as long as they can get it settled before the new year, that they could probably finish the season. Okay. Because they're in much better shape. They're in much better shape than the other other shows where they have 15 that are written and able to shoot. And I also read earlier earlier this week that apparently they, they really believe that this when this next round of negotiations start, negotiations start up, that it's probably going to get settled pretty quickly because apparently they're both starting to uh, to bend and, and to break and concede on a few things. Excellent. Yeah, well, I did I did see uh, on somewhere online today that uh, I think it was uh, Laura Vandervoort was saying that they've uh, about to uh, to start shooting uh, a certain episode in the line of the episodes that they've written. Uh, we will have a couple of weeks off where we won't see any new Smallville episodes. There will be gaps in between new episodes, but uh, yeah, hopefully, if the if the the writer strike can be resolved uh, fairly quickly, then uh, Smallville is in a good very very good position to complete all 22 episodes for. Season seven. Whether that means there will be a season eight, only the, uh, the TV gods know. I think I think there's going to be a season eight. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully that uh, will happen, and all some people would uh, prefer not to. But I know uh, Neil Bailey thinks that uh, the writing, if it doesn't uh, get better, then uh, season eight could be a mistake. Uh, do you want to pipe in on that, Neil? Sure, yeah, no, I think if they can get uh, Lana and Lex in there for some closure, I think it could be all right. Um, if they get them traveling the world, hell, it could take the whole series in a new direction and give it some kind of some kind of um, some kind of drop. I'm beginning to kind of subdue myself though and kind of realize that it's never going to move beyond soap opera plots. So I've just got to take the mythology for what it is. Doesn't mean I'm not going to stop striking an analysis, but. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it needs to be taken off the air, but I do think it really does need some serious work and making it m- more, more, um, more intelligible instead of dumbing it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Steve. Yes. 
It's Ron, and along the Smallville lines, I just I don't know if you guys know, but they had a promo here at least uh, around Houston, where I'm from, where they they um, attached to the Smallville DVD box sets the um, Aquaman pilot. Yes, I saw that. Uh, they had uh, Amazon.com have. Uh Got a well, did I don't know if it's still going at the moment, but they had great specials on all the uh, season one to five of Smallville DVDs. Uh, season six is right. uh, still not the, the you know as low as those earlier seasons. And uh, as a bonus, you got the Aquaman pilot, the unaired uh, Aquaman pilot that uh, never went ahead by uh, Goff and Miller. So uh, that's something worth looking into if you don't have. Seasons one to five on DVD of Smallville yet. So thanks, uh, thanks yeah, for bringing that yeah. to my attention, Ron. Yeah, yeah, sure. It, it was, uh, and I have to admit, I really enjoyed the pilot when I was able to sit down and watch it through. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's not, it's not great, but there were clearly some. There's clearly would have been some potential there, I think, for an interesting show. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, getting back to the uh, topic of uh, Superman's greatest uh, enemy, which is our big question for the month, uh, Jeffrey Taylor also piped in saying in his text message that he uh, also loved the story back in 1988 in Superman number 22 where he killed God, uh, Zod and others in the uh, pocket universe and later when, uh, basically, uh, went basically insane because of it. So, uh, yeah, that's a much maligned story by... Uh, some fans, some fans hate the fact that Superman actually killed uh, the Pocket Universe villains in that story, and uh, in current continuity, it's basically been wiped out of uh, of continuity, and uh, the current writers say it never happened. Yeah, yeah, I think that uh, generally speaking, it, it depends on how you look at it. I, I was actually asked this um, a while ago, and in an interview, and the basic thing that I had to say about that is that if you look at it as a way for Superman to determine the fact that it's wrong to murder, then it's almost justified. But it's also something that it's it's one of those risks. It's like you can you can write about premarital sex or postmarital sex, that kind of thing, like they did on Smallville. And yeah, a lot of people are going to go, oh wow, that's edgy and new and neat. But for a lot of people, it's just going to be like, oh, why did you have to do that? Mm. And do I think Superman would kill? Yeah, I think Superman would kill, and I think he has killed if it. Uh, if it's something, if it's life or death, like he 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 threw Imperiex into the beginning of time, and he threw Brainiac into the beginning of the time to save the universe, and I'm sure he'd do something like that again. And I'm not even mad when he kills um, when there's no other way. Like on Smallville, I, I harp on him when he, you know, like when he killed uh, Titan or whatever his name was by mm. just basically throwing him into a thing, and then he falls on his own spike and dies, and and he murders people left and right to kind of solve the dilemma. But um, it, it, th those are deaths that he could have prevented or death that with little good writing could have been taken care of. But I think that um, if there's no other way, then then he could do it. But like like a simple out, even with the uh, with the three Kryptonians, um, would have been instead of executing them, putting them in the Phantom Zone or mm. uh, doing some other thing to take them out of the picture. And that's why I think it's so maligned is that it's kind of arbitrary. It's kind of like Superman saying, I'm for capital punishment. Which, you know, even if you're for capital punishment is off-putting because Superman is supposed to be there for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because uh, a lot of people, uh, I don't know if they... if were Golden Age fans, but, uh, or, you know, even in the very, very early days of Superman, 
uh, he had no problem with uh, some of the uh, the actions that he took. Uh, even when somebody would die by accident, you know, a villain, he would say, "Oh well, he deserved it." And you know, has has uh, come a long way uh, from uh, from that era. But uh, yeah, I, I personally, I don't like the fact. Uh, you know, I wouldn't like Superman to kill, but. You know, if it uh, was inevitable, if uh, there was just no way, then obviously the greater good would have to be uh, would have to come first. Okay, uh, on this business of Superman's self-imposed limitation, mm-hmm. I think this goes back to the old saying: "Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely." Yep. The way I see it, Superman understands that he must not play God. Yeah. And that's where yeah. I think he draws the line. He doesn't impose his will on others, and I don't think he should ever kill if there's an option. Sure. But but if somebody is killed in the process of them fighting, well, that's not murder. That's just it happened. You know. Yeah, yeah. He should never be portrayed as deliberately killing someone. Sure, I agree with you 100 percent right. there. Yeah, very much mm-hmm. agreed. Excellent. Well. Thank you, everybody, for participating in Radio KAL Live today, whether you were a caller or a listener. Uh, we much appreciate your, uh, your time, and uh, this has definitely been a, uh, an excellent um, addition, a uh, different way of doing uh, Radio KAL Live through the Skypecast via Skype.com. So I appreciate everybody's participation today, and uh, God willing, we'll keep this up because it's been... Uh, a much improved effort this week or this month. The Skypecast uh, method seems to have really improved the Radio KL Live experience, so we look forward to continuing with that again next month. Look for the announcement on the website around mid-December to see how you can get involved. So, Neil, what's our big question for this month? Well, the new question is, who is your favourite Superman actor and why? TV, film, cartoon... Go nuts, and I think we should specify we mean the actor playing Superman, and not the um, not who is your favorite Superman show actor. Yeah, yeah. Who is your favorite actor to play Superman? So get uh, get involved. Answer this month's big question, uh, and you can do that by sending in your email submissions by cl- clicking on the big Q button at the website. You can send in an MP3 sound file of your audio answer, or you can hang out for the Radio KAL Live Skypecast, where we'll be discussing this topic at that time. Yeah, thanks guys for making this month such a success. Steel gets some unexpected help. Fry, metal man, fry! Drop the cable. Now. An old friend returns to Metropolis. How's it hanging, Max? My paperwork is piling up. Oh, and I have the mayor breathing down my neck. It's good to be back in the big apricot, ain't it? Serena's obsession grows. She wronged me. Severely. Catwoman is nowhere to be found. I will not tolerate failure! And Superman finds just what he needs. You built a successful off-world propulsion system? This means there might still be time. Superman, The Last Son of Krypton, issue 35, debuts on November 28, 2007 at supermanhomepage.com. Being cooped up is starting to wear on Kara and Metallo. Hey, watch it! You already trashed one room, remember? For crying out loud, you sound just like Blue. You shut up! Psyche questions his part in Tiger 5's plans. I got a bad feeling. What do you mean? I got the feeling we're being set up. 
and Steve decides to call in some help, whether Kara wants it or not. I promised I wouldn't tell any of her superhero friends that she's alive, but can we meet somewhere? You know where the Ace of Clubs is? Save some room for Supergirl, Lost Daughter of Krypton. Issue 7, Strategy and Suspicion. Premiering November 28, 2007. At supermanhomepage.com. Voting for the second annual Pendy Awards are currently going on at Pendant Productions, with nominations decided by all the actors, writers, directors and listeners. If you want to stop by and see uh, and or vote, it's at pendantaudio.com forward slash pendys, that's P-E-N-D-Y-S dot P-H-P. Yeah, please do. And hey, while you're there, check out Blue Horus! <laughs> Superman's in it! Well, you know, actually not. It's my Star Wars serial, but I'm plugging it anyway. <laughs> okay, and, the, and apparently you uh, received um, uh, three nominations in the Pendy Awards, and I got uh, one nomination for my roles in the Supergirl audio drama. Yeah, it's sweet. Thanks, guys. Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you. Last show's super secret soundbite came from Smallville Season 6 episode Crimson. Uh, five people got it right, and they are Justin Samatsis, DJ Goofy, Guthrie McLean, a.k.a. Super Eyes, Steve Holmes, and Tiffany Brayford. Yeah, congrats, guys. Way to go. See if you can guess which episode of Smallville this new sound come from. Last night he pulled another one of his trademark disappearing acts. If you think you know which episode of Smallville that sound comes from, use the super-secret soundbite entry form found at the Radio KL webpage and send your entry in. Each person who gets it right will have their name read out in the next Radio KAL show. Superman Song Time. Hey, what'd you find this month? We've got a song titled Superman by Blindside. It's a bit on the heavy rock side, so I think you'll enjoy it, Neil. I talk one night to freeze the air, but I need one night to 
and so ends another Radio KAL show. Hope you've enjoyed it. Remember, if you want to email us with a discussion topic, a song suggestion, a big question suggestion, or just some comments on the show, you can click on the KAL mail button and send us an email. Thanks, Neil, for another great show. Yeah, thank you, Steve. And you stay classy or we'll torture you until you vomit, especially if you're a cute, lovable old man. You've been listening to Radio KAL from supermanhomepage.com. Thank <laughs> you.